Next on BYU Sports Nation, season opened. But what happens next for BYU football is the real question. LSU awaits. Where will that game happen? Several locations are being discussed from Dallas to Orlando. We'll discuss the latest with LSU beat writer Ross Dellinger. ESPN's Trevor Maddich back for Maddich Monday as well. His number one concern for BYU following the Portland State game and the secret to beating LSU. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live and back to work on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. August 28th, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. First and foremost, from BYU Sports Nation, we send our collective thoughts and prayers to those suffering and being impacted by Hurricane Harvey in Houston and all of the surrounding areas in Texas. We love you. While it is heartbreaking to watch all of this unfold, we are inspired by your resilience. And I can tell you what, the stories of heroism that are flying out of Houston and the surrounding areas by the minute, that is what America is all about. Obviously, football is nowhere near the importance level of what is happening in Texas We also understand our job is to discuss BYU sports and how this situation impacts BYU. We are aware that thousands of you have airfare, hotel, and ticket accommodations to watch this game in Houston. That's clearly in flux. We will keep you updated as we hear anything official, which takes us to our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU, LSU, and ESPN discussing potential location changes. Four different cities and venues have been contacted from our understanding for BYU, LSU due to flooding in Houston from Hurricane Harvey. We'll get into the specifics of that in just a moment. BYU beat Portland State on Saturday 20-6 in the season opener. Tanner Mangum threw for 194 yards and a touchdown. Squally Canada, career-high 94 yards rushing and a score. Sione Takitaki off of a red shirt, seven tackles, three tackles for loss, two sacks. BYU now 8-0 all-time in August home games. Kalani Sitake said he had to remind his team that they won the game in, in the locker room. He also said this. I thought they played hard and they did well, but uh, we definitely that's that's not our best defense, that's not our best offense, and that's definitely not our best special team. So overall, as a group and as a team, all of us, all the coaches, we need to improve, and we all know that. But uh, I, I I know that we'll get that done, and we just look forward to getting fixed. More on the LSU game, the relocation potential impact, as well as Portland State coming up with ESPN's Trevor Maddich and Brian Logan. Notable performances from BYU Cougars in the NFL preseason include Jordan Leslie with a game-winning touchdown catch for the Cleveland Browns. Oh yeah, Jordan Leslie. I almost kind of forgot about him under the radar. Daniel Sorensen led the Kansas City Chiefs in tackles with five. He also had two pass breakups. Jamal Williams, four yards on three carries running the ball, but led the Packers in receiving with 46 yards on three catches. Taysom Hill did not play coach's decision. 10th-ranked women's volleyball went 3-0 this weekend, including a win over 21st-ranked The Ohio State in four sets, led by Copper Hill's finest Ronnie Perry with 20 kills and an ace. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Season opened. We will address what happened on the field last Saturday between BYU and Portland State. 
with ESPN's Trevor Maddich in about 15 minutes. As we mentioned earlier, what's happening in Texas transcends all sports headlines, but the pending game relocation for BYU and LSU, one of very high interest to many of you. We spoke with Ross Dellinger, who works for the Baton Rouge Advocate, LSU beat reporter on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline a few minutes ago. Here is that conversation. Ross, you've been following this story all weekend long, and it is changing by the minute. What is the latest you are hearing about the BYU-LSU game and where it will happen on Saturday? Yeah, it sure is. It seems like a very fluid situation, and uh, I think you continue to to change. Uh, this morning we were able to get confirmation from a, a few cities that, uh, and a few bowl stadium sites that uh, – They've been contacted by ESPN to host the game, and those, of course, include New Orleans, which is something we had reported yesterday, but uh, the new ones are Nashville and Orlando and uh, Dallas and uh, at the, cotton, the old Cotton Bowl. Uh, we, we're under the belief that Jacksonville is in the mix, too. We haven't heard anybody, from anybody at, uh, at Jacksonville. But, so those are kind of, the, the, I guess, the four new cities and I would put, you know, from what I understand, I'd put Orlando pretty high up there among them. Oh, it, it sure, it sure seems like right now, you know, at 47 Central Time, that Orlando and uh, in New Orleans are the two top top sites. So Baton Rouge is out of the mix. You know, uh, it sure seems like uh, I, I guess you can't rule out anything. Um, first of all, but but it sure seems like ESPN, who's really making the decision here, uh, that they don't they don't want to keep it on at a neutral. So, again, I don't think you can rule out any site. Um, we, we did write a good bit yesterday about Tiger Stadium and how it could be a host, um, you know, kind of going back and forth with New Orleans and Tiger Stadium. But it looks like just for the fact that ESPN is contacting some of these sites that are so far away, uh, even from LSU, uh, that, that they don't, for whatever reason, don't want it, in, you know, on campus. Ross, if there is a team that can understand uh, the dramatics and very unfortunate natural disaster that's happening in Houston, it's LSU. I mean, they, they dealt with this with Hurricane Katrina. What's the feeling around the team and the sentiment uh, in regard to what's happening in Houston, and, and how is this affecting LSU football? Yeah, well, they, they, we certainly know all about it here. Um, the city of Baton Rouge, the area in South South Louisiana knows about hurricanes and natural disasters. This is nothing new as far as, um, you know, a, a game location in the, uh, I guess, a, the question about the location is nothing new for LSU. They've dealt with this exact situation kind of several different times over the last few years. This will be the fourth game uh, that has been affected by weather in the last two-plus years at LSU. They had a uh, season opener in 2015 got canceled because of lightning against McNeese State. Also in 2015, it was kind of a situation like this. They were supposed to play at South Carolina. There was a flood in South Carolina, and the game was moved to Baton Rouge, and it was moved to Baton Rouge on Wednesday before the game. So they waited all the way to Wednesday that week. I don't think that's going to happen this week. But And then, of course, last year they had the hurricane um, hit Florida. LSU was supposed to play in Gainesville, Florida, and that game was moved and then relocated to Baton Rouge. So it's been a crazy couple of years. Yeah, I know Florida Florida fans uh, were very excited about that move to uh, Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when you look at the timeline of this, do you think this this is decided today? You know, I, I 
I wouldn't say that. I certainly wouldn't wouldn't predict that it's decided anytime early today or early afternoon because these stadiums have to put together proposals to host the game, and that takes a little time. And I think you're going to – I think, you know, for instance, the New Orleans proposal, I mean, it's not even in yet. They haven't sent it in to the Houston Texans, to the to the ESPN guy, the, the game officials. Um, so that has to happen. They've, they've got to create these proposals. So it could drag on probably into the night tonight, potentially. I would think they have a deadline of at some point tomorrow. Ross Dellinger, LSU beat reporter for The Advocate in Baton Rouge with us on BYU Sports Nation. We obviously don't know where the game will happen or specifically when it will happen, but we do know that if it happens, LSU is a very talented football team, one of the top 15 teams in the country, and highlighted by a projected first-round draft pick in defensive end Arden Key. His status, from what we can tell, has has improved uh, in – we're wanting to know if he's actually going to play in the game against BYU. Yeah, we, we want to know that too. It's, just, it's not something that as of now we know. Now, later this afternoon we'll talk to Ed Orgeron at his weekly news conference uh, on the Monday before each game, and we'll kind of find out a little more about Arden Key's status, I have a feeling. you know. But I'll be honest, the way Ed Orgeron has talked and the way people around LSU have talked for a while, I would not expect Arden Key to play in the game. That, that would really surprise me. Ross, great stuff. Uh, again, we appreciate the time uh, amidst your busy schedule, and uh, we'll follow you closely on Twitter for all of those updates. All right. Thanks, y'all. Ross Dellinger on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. So from his report, Nashville, New Orleans, Orlando, Dallas, maybe Jacksonville, it seems like in that order, ESPN Wants to keep it a neutral side game. So, so Baton Rouge doesn't sound like it's happening. Some people think, oh, just move it to Provo. I don't see that in the mix, really. BYU did make a statement, by the way, about this situation, and here it is. Most importantly, our thoughts and concerns are with the people in South Texas who are facing devastation caused by Hurricane Harvey. We pray for their safety and well-being at this difficult time. Many have inquired regarding the status of the Advocare Texas kickoff between BYU and LSU, scheduled to be played this Saturday, September 2nd, at NRG Stadium in Houston. We are in discussions with all parties involved and continue to monitor the situation. We will provide additional information as it becomes available. In the meantime, please, please join us in praying for the people in South Texas who need our love and support. I've looked at the weather as well for Saturday. There's a lot goes into this. By the way, it's not BYU and LSU figuring this out. It's mainly NRG who owns the rights to this game with ESPN. Those are the two major decision makers. As for weather, Dallas is the best weather situation Saturday, okay? 20% chance of rain. The other cities are within a sphere of Hurricane Harvey rain to some degree, okay? Nashville, 60% chance of rain, 90% the previous two days. So it would be really wet. Orlando, same situation. 60%, 90% 60%, 90% the previous two days in terms of chance of precipitation. Jacksonville, 60%, 80% the day before. So to me, if you look at Dallas, Cotton Bowl, that's the best weather situation. But a lot of logistics go into this. Can you get everyone there? Hotel rooms, TV uh, situation, Airport hookups. Uh, flight yeah. availability. Because BYU sold out. It's allotted 9,400 tickets, by the way. You know, my father-in-law is hanging out with me yesterday in town. He went back yesterday. He's like... Hey, what, what do you know? What's the situation? Because he, like many BYU fans, is wondering where this game will be played. And obviously, the health and concern and safety of people in Houston is priority number one. Oh, by the way, we have this meaningless football game. 
but the show's BYU Sports Nation. So we will give you the latest throughout this week of what we hear and good stuff from Ross Dellinger about what cities are in play here. Our Twitter question today is the following. What impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU game? A lot of layers to that question. First tweet in from at HistoryGeek1776. It could change the mindset of the players. Instead of focusing on the game, they could be focusing on what is happening in Houston. There are five players on the roster for LSU from actual Houston, let alone a, a suburb. You know, So that's, that's got to impact it. it out, things outside the game impact you. When BYU played Missouri, there was a lot going on on campus there. I think that that affected BYU in that way. You want Houston to be taken care of. It certainly impacts the game in some way. More of your tweets coming up. Hashtag BYUSN. We are joined next by ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst Trevor Maddich. He called the game for BYU on Saturday, and he looks forward to LSU. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and mark your calendars for another Super Tuesday. Do it. It starts at 6 Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation, followed by after further review. And then BYU football with Kalani Satake. What are the coaches' thoughts? Uh, and a star player coming up on LSU, and maybe at that time we'll have an answer as to where this game's going to be played. It, it apparently will for sure be moved. Uh, obviously, Houston uh, in in disarray right now, and our thoughts and prayers we mentioned with everyone in Houston there. Um, so we'll see where this game gets moved. That's That's become the big story this week with BYU and LSU, which to me is the crown jewel of BYU's football independent scheduling. This is the best game. BYU scheduled in the last seven years to me. What impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU game? Hashtag BYUSN to respond. Maddich, Mondays are back. ESPN College Football Insider and Analyst Trevor Maddich joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, clearly the Portland State game has taken a backseat to everything that's happening in Texas. After all is said and done and things settle... Where do you feel like BYU-LSU is most likely to be played after the national crisis happening in Houston and the surrounding areas? Hopefully as far away from Houston as possible because it's not just a matter of finding a stadium that's free. It's a matter of the logistics surrounding it. Hotel space is at a premium anywhere near Houston. And to play a football game, you've got to have 100 guys on a team and their staff in one hotel at one time to have team meetings and meals and everything else. And the farther away you get from Houston, the more likely those logistics will work out for you. When you look at the possible locations, and those were listed a little earlier, of Nashville and New Orleans and Dallas and Orlando, which do you think is most likely in your opinion? You know, I think Nashville may be the leader in the clubhouse. Now, wait a minute. Don't you live in Nashville? So you want to I come do to live in hotel? Nashville. That's right. So come to my house, everybody. Big party. <laughs> the, the thing is, it's, uh, it's an NFL stadium, so it's larger and it's got more, more amenities there. Although Orlando, the Citrus Bowl was recently uh, renovated to the tune of about $200 million, and it has hosted recently an ACC championship game. And so I think Orlando is another place where there's lots of hotel rooms, and it's built to have huge numbers of people file in, spend a weekend, and file out. So, you know, I, I, Dallas I'm not crazy about just because – 
that's close enough to Houston in my mind that, that people who really need help, and that includes the support people that are down there that are trying to help people that have refugeed their way out of Houston, they need the hotel space. They need the resources that are there. And so if it is in Dallas, that means they have a big surplus of, of space. ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich. Follow him on Twitter at T Maddich. Making sure people are okay is top priority for sure. After that, there will be a football game somewhere. So how do you feel like all of what's happening surrounding the game will affect the preparation for both of these teams? It affects preparation most at the most personal level. When you look at Katrina a few years ago, and then the flooding last year down in Louisiana. You had a lot of LSU players that are either from the Houston area or they have family members, extended family there. And you don't have to have personal family members in an affected area for it to matter to you as a teammate, because your teammates will look at their teammates whose families are suffering. They'll see the suffering of their teammate, and that distracts from football, as it should. BYU has some contacts down there. Talon Shumway, I believe, served a mission down there. And so it's really a matter of focus, and it's, it's a real thing in this case for the distraction to be okay, because it is so much bigger than football. I mean, you look at pictures of elderly people, sitting in a nursing home, in their chairs and their sofas, waiting for help, up to their waists in water. I'll tell you what, that, that affects anybody, but even more so when you know those people. Yeah, that's absolutely intense. And mm. I, I know of some rescue crews from Utah that have gone there, which is, which is cool to see uh, what people have done there. BYU played Portland State, and there's been a lot of reaction to well, that performance means X against LSU. What were some of your takeaways against BYU's opener against Portland State, in which you were the analyst on ESPN? I was. I thought there was good and bad. If we start with the good, the defense was, by and large, very, very good. And this was a good FCS offense. Good talent, good speed, and an offensive line that will have a couple of guys get NFL interest. And so it wasn't like it was a cupcake that this BYU defense played against. And they played very well. There was one long drive where there was a 17-play, 87-yard touchdown drive. They couldn't get them off the field, uh, and that needs to be addressed. But overall, as a team, and then with certain individual performances, that defense was phenomenal. The offense really needed the shakedown crews. And again, this defense of Portland State was a lot better than people give them credit for. Both of their corners are going to get... NFL looks and probably will sign with NFL teams, and they use that to their great advantage. And BYU in their first game under this offense with this style, I think, I think needed to make the mistakes that they made in order to get coached up for next week. Keep in mind that last year under Ty Detmer, his first year as offensive coordinator, Taysom Hill was the quarterback, and Jamal Williams at running back, the offense catered to their strengths. This year, it gets more towards the rhythm passing that Ty Detmer really wants to do with Tanner Mangum, a quarterback, and this was their first opportunity to go game speed. Trevor, your job is to be fair to the situation, and I thought you did a fantastic job calling the game. So let's discuss both ends of that spectrum. What was the most encouraging thing you saw for BYU football on Saturday, and what's your biggest concern from the Cougars going into week number two against LSU? The most encouraging thing was how the defense really controlled the line of scrimmage against a pretty good offensive line. Not LSU good, but pretty good. They rotated a lot of guys in there, and they played well. And keep in mind that coming into the season, this was being called possibly the best trio of linebackers in BYU history. Two of those guys didn't play in that game. 
Butch Powell didn't play. And so, you know, the, the guys that rotated in in depth did a very, very good job on defense. And so that was something specifically that, uh, that was good. Now, individuals over on that side of the ball, Sione Takitaki was a revelation, wasn't he? Hmm. I mean, he was out of football last year. He, he took the year off for personal reasons. And he came back, and it's not just that he got into the backfield. It's that when he got there, he was in the right position, he read the plays the right way, and then he would burst left or right to close on the ball carrier and take him down. So it's one thing just to get upfield like an unguided missile, but Takitaki was just uh, revealed himself as a, a terrific playmaker in this game, and that's one of the very encouraging things. To me, the LSU game is the best game BYU has scheduled in Independence. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for BYU on ESPN against LSU. We thought it was in Houston. It's going to be somewhere else, it looks like. How does BYU beat LSU this week, Trevor? Well, they need to have a lot of what Portland State tried to do to them. Portland State played on offense to make sure that their first priority was to end a drive with a punt and not a turnover. You'd rather score. But what they did was, in, in being not, not necessarily careful, but, yeah, careful with, with the football and not turning it over until that one at the end, they forced BYU's offense to drive the long field. And that gave BYU's offense, in their first outing, plenty of opportunities to make mistakes that would end drives, things like drop passes or penalties or things like that. And that's what BYU needs to do to LSU. This will be LSU's first game. They don't get a shakedown cruise. And as long as BYU's offense is careful with the football, and forces LSU to drive 80 yards to score a touchdown, then it comes into play the, the mistakes that naturally happen in the first game. And so that, that's a big part of it. Another big part of it is that the wide receivers need to step up. Part of the reason BYU did not score a touchdown in the second half against Portland State, even though their starting quarterback was in the entire time, was that the, the Portland corners came up and played press man coverage on BYU's receivers. That freed up safeties to load the box against the run. Now, that also exposes your, your cover guys because now they've got to cover one-on-one. But BYU's receivers were not able to consistently beat that press man coverage. It was a problem against Portland State. It'll be a bigger problem against LSU if they don't step up and do it. Now, there, there were some guys that did step up. Talon Shumway had a terrific catch on the right sideline. I mean, it was well contested by... Uh, Chris Cisse, who I think will be in the, in the NFL next year. And it was a pinpoint pass, and Shumway went up and he beat Cisse on the ball. It was fantastic. Matt Bushman had a terrific catch over the middle that kind of got them started in the first half. Those guys, Neil Powell, did a really, really good job. He, they, these guys stepped up in the game and showed what they're made of. But more guys need to step up, especially out wide, so that LSU is burned if they try to duplicate what Portland State did with that press man coverage. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. How much did LSU really learn about BYU from last Saturday's game? You know, I think they learned that the defense is pretty salty. But I think they'll get a false sense of, of um, hope with the BYU offense. BYU's offense looked really ragged in this game. But they're a lot better than they looked. 
And I think that Ty Detmer all week said that he was not that he wasn't going to hold anything back. Well, he did. There are all kinds of ways that an offensive coordinator can scheme to get his wide receivers free, besides them just beasting their way through press man. Although they have to do it from time to time, they didn't do those things against Portland State. I expect them to do those things against LSU. Things like motion and crossing off the line and things like that. So LSU, I mean, they had a watch party. Their D line, we had a picture of it up on the broadcast. They're watching, and I think they think that BYU's off. Offense not very good. Well, they'll they'll be in for a surprise because this is a good offensive line for BYU. This is a quarterback that has NFL accuracy and and an NFL mindset toward the game. Some receivers did step up and show some things that they could do at game speed, and I think Ty Detmer will get all of those things into more focused alignment for the LSU game. Did you see something from the BYU defense that makes you feel confident that the Cougars could slow down Darius Geis in some way in this game? You know, yes, and that is that the secondary is really good. And the quarterback for LSU is probably going to be Danny Etling, and he's good but not great. And so if the secondary can cover down in man coverage a lot of the time, like Portland State did to BYU, it frees up BYU safeties. And that's a very deep and talented group to come up and gum up the line of scrimmage, get extra guys in there that LSU can't block. And so really, to stop Darius guys or to slow him down, the big key is not the D linemen or the linebackers. It's the corners in press man to free up those guys to come up to the line. Trevor, it's always great to talk to you. We know you are a very busy man. We look forward to uh, many Maddich Mondays throughout the 2017 season. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He likes BYU's defense, and why not? Even with mistakes made, six points, not too bad. Yeah, the BYU defense was fine. It was it was the offense and its penalties, which really threw a wrinkle into everything it was doing. Uh, procedure, holding, chop blocks. Those Kavika Fonua should be the guy that's the most angry. You know, he had a couple nice runs that were taken back. A few nice plays. We saw. We had some questions about offensive playmakers. We got some of those answers. We'll break that down a little more coming up with Brian Logan. Yeah, earlier uh, we spoke with Trevor briefly, and he said if BYU's offense played. That way against LSU on Saturday, I don't think they would have scored a touchdown. I would agree with that sentiment. But I think BYU will be better, which sounds weird. I, okay, Ty Demmer said he was going to open up. He wasn't. or Sorry, Ty Demmer said he was going to keep the playbook open. And, oh, by the way, it's a close game, so all the BYU starters play the whole game, right? Bo Hodge didn't take a single snap, which is a bit of a surprise against an FCS team. But BYU, I thought, kept it pretty vanilla. On both sides of the ball, even though they're trying to win that game and it's a one-score game kind of late, I think BYU's got a lot more in there than they showed. BYU-LSU, we're not sure where the game will be, but we do know that a venue change is in the works. What impact does a venue change have on the Cougars and Tigers game? Hashtag BYUSN. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Baca tweets in, Bring it to Las Vegas. Everyone loves Las Vegas, even LSU fans. Plus, they probably don't know about Lavelle Edwards Stadium South. Yeah, the it, there's nothing in the West, right? Like, Dallas is the most Western location there. University of Phoenix Stadium, apparently owned by the same company as NRG Stadium, if I understand correctly. Not in the discussion. Too far West for LSU, I think. At TX Colonel, I'm glad I didn't buy a whole section to this one. Hashtag pay me back. <laughs> Remember when he did that in Kansas City That's for a the Missouri game? Situation, right? yeah. Holy cow. Coming up 
our fantasy football picks. Who won week one? And Brian Logan in studio. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. If you missed our conversation with Ross Dellinger, he is an LSU beat reporter. He had specific information on the most likely venues to host a relocation of the BYU-LSU game. We also spoke with ESPN's Trevor Maddich on how something like this national disaster in Houston, hashtag prayers for Texas, affects the psyche of LSU and BYU in preparation for the show. It has been a loaded 32 minutes thus far. Download the podcast if you missed any of it. The Coach's Show is tomorrow night. On BYU TV, 8 Eastern Time, BYU Football with Kalani Satake, hosted by Greg Rubel. By the way, the seat request to get in Studio C opens up at the top of the hour. At 1 p.m. Eastern Time, BYUCougars.com slash Satake Show. Our player guest, and I just found this out, Matt Bushman, coming up tomorrow. And it filled up in all of about 10 minutes last week. So Yeah, it goes quick. Be quick to the Sign trigger. Up. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, BYU, LSU, and ESPN, all in very collaborative discussions about potential location changes for the Cougars and Tigers football game this week due to the national disaster and flooding in Houston from Hurricane Harvey. We have heard four specific locations that have been contacted by ESPN, as confirmed by Ross Dellinger. They are New Orleans, Orlando, Nashville, and Dallas in no particular order right there. BYU beat Portland State 20-6 to in the season opener Saturday. Tanner Mangum threw for 194 yards and a touchdown. Squally Canada had a nice game, almost 100 yards and a score. Sione Takitake, seven tackles, three tackles for loss, and two sacks. BYU is now 8-0 in August home games. Notable performances from BYU Cougar football alumnus or alumni, I should say, in the NFL preseason include Jordan Leslie with a game-winning touchdown catch for the Cleveland Browns. Daniel Sorensen led the Kansas City Chiefs in tackles with five. He had two pass breakups to that safety position. Jamal Williams, four yards on three carries running the ball, but led the Packers in receiving yards with 46 on three catches. Taysom Hill did not play. 10th-ranked women's volleyball went 3-0 this weekend. They got a nice win over 21st-ranked Ohio State in four sets, led by Ronnie Perry, one of Copper Hill's finest, 20 kills and an ace in the win. What impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU game? That is our Twitter question today. At NickLee51, use the hashtag BYUSN. He tweets, not much impact. BYU could play a true road game in Death Valley, whether and that's not happening. But in the end, the field the field is still 100 yards long, hashtag Hoosiers. Yeah, nice reference there to a great movie. Gene Hackman showing that the, the basket is still 10 feet still high, 10 feet. 15 feet from the free throw line. Yes, yeah. the dynamics, or the dimensions rather, are exactly the same wherever the game is played. Joining us now in Studio B, good friend of the program, a man who was in our BYU Sports Nation co-host depth chart along with Dennis Pitta, Brian Logan. Hi, Spencer. What's Hi. up, Hi, Brian? Hi. How you guys doing? Good, we're man. good. Hey, listen, on Saturday during the postgame show, you were fired up about yeah. what you saw yeah, was, between man. BYU Seemed and a little Portland more State. Now. You okay? I, yeah, I you am. Needed Sunday I, to... the, guy, the guys called me down. Some of the, some of the former players um, had you know some conversations with them yesterday, some this morning. And uh, they, they calmed me down, man. They made me feel 
feel good. You know, they uh, kind of shoved the chill pill down my throat. The sky so, is not falling. No, no. And, and I and I didn't think that it was time to jump off a ledge. I think that I was just disappointed more in just the effort, right? And I think I think now looking at it and, and talking to those guys um, and, and being settled down, uh, you know, I, I don't think I really took into consideration all the different variables. Uh, and I think the biggest one was the amount of players that actually played. And so, you know, yes, it's the first game and you're, you're shaking off cobwebs, but how, how fast and how, how much can you shake off when you are rotating every couple of snaps, right? So that, you know, put it in, into perspective and I'm back. I'm good. Okay, <laughs> I thought the BYU defense was just fine. I thought statistically they were good. It was the offense where mainly to me the number one thing was like, oh, penalties just yeah. really disrupted the flow. Yeah, the, the penalties, man. And, and that's the, the best word to say is, is just like the chemistry, the flow, um, the rhythm, right? You can't get into a rhythm at all with, when you have those penalties. And, and then you throw in – um, you know, the different guys rotating and, and nobody can really find, um, you know, their juice is what I say. It. And um, I, I, that's the that's the biggest thing right there is, is you can't have drive killers. And uh, you got it. They got to figure it out, man. They got to figure it out. And I think I think the biggest thing, too, is the heat. Right. When you're tired, you're exhausted. You just like give me. Some, I just want some juice. I just want some water. I play LSU. I just get these bums off. I want to go home, you know, and and. <laughs> It was funny, like I was hot, right? And I, I went, I ended up going home, right? We were on the sideline, and I was like, "You guys ready to go in?" And you, and you guys were like, "No, I'm good." And I was like, "Man, I'm out." So I went home and and uh, cooled off. And after the game, uh, you know, uh, was with Uncle B, and uh, we talked to Gavin and his cheek pads. He had t- a tan from his cheek pads. I was like, "How is that possible? The wow. angle? How's the angle of the sun come in to where your cheek pads?" You know, you get you you have a tan line. So, man, just just uh, one respect for them, and happy nobody really got seriously, uh, you know, injured or or taken away from the sun. But you throw all that into the mix, man, and and you get some some bonehead penalties. Let's talk about that because on the field, it was recorded as hot as 108 degrees, yeah. and in the first half, there were at least 24 people that had medical emergencies in the stands, mm-hmm. so passing you, out, passing heat exhaustion, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it was it was hot, man, and that certainly played into the weirdness of the game a little bit. That, that's not an excuse for only twenty points on the board, but it certainly plays a role. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's not it's not an excuse. I, I would say what it, what it is is this: when you have penalties, it's just a simple mental breakdown, right? And these are these are penalties that you know it, it, they're not necessarily boneheaded ones. So it's like hitting somebody late or or a, aggression type of penalties. These are simple you know, technical things that you've been doing since peewees. And when you, when you don't do those things and you're, and you're making the same penalties over and over in the same game, that lets me know your mentality isn't there, right? And I don't care about the experience or, you know, throw all that aside. If your me- mindset is, I'm hot, let's get out of here, LSU, you're going to hold somebody, right? You're not going to focus on the small little details that you need to be successful, and you end up, you know, killing the drive and looking bad against an FCS opponent. LSU had a watch party. We saw a picture of the defensive linemen all together with their eyes on the television, soaking in every play. They all had saliva on their chin. They're like, oh, let's go. Stat game. Now, the challenge for the LSU coaching staff, to a degree, will be, look, this BYU football team is going to be tougher than what you think you saw. 
against Portland State on Saturday. Also, everything that's going on in Houston, LSU players have family, relatives that are being impacted, and uh, I mean, just a really unfortunate situation. So that coaching staff, they have their hands full yeah. trying to collect the thoughts of all these guys and get them ready to play BYU. What LSU team do you expect to show up against BYU wherever the game is played? Ooh, man, I mean, that's, it's, it's tough because they're, they probably are more affected by it since they're, they're closer to the area with, with, uh, with family and, and, and friends. Um, Not to mention a huge alumni base in Houston. Right, right. Yeah, that was that. Aren't they like number two? Isn't it like Houston number two? It might even be like number, one. Or number one. There are more yeah. people, yeah. more LSU alumni in Houston than any other city in America. Right, right. They, and, 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 and they've been hearing this all year, right? Yes. Uh, you know, once once the game was scheduled and. You know, you, you get to play at a neutral site. That automatically, you know, heightens everything for, for a player. Um, and and it kinda, you kind of have this bowl game type of feel, right? And so to, to have this tragedy happen and then to look at, you know, this team that almost lost to FCAS opponent, um, it's, it's tough, man. And, you know, I, I, I think that BYU can, can have an opportunity, you know, very early. If it's like a boxing match, right? Um, you know, Mayweather, right? You've got to get Mayweather in the first couple of rounds because we all saw what happened on Saturday if you wait and try to go toe-to-toe Run with out him. of gas. Yeah, right, exactly. And so I think with the distractions, with it being their first game, um, I, I th- and, and then seeing the performance of BYU on Saturday, I think they have an opportunity. And, and it's not like an FCS opponent where – if an FCS opponent gets on top of a, a D1 uh, program, um, you know, that, that D1 program can, can catch up. Usually, right? That, it happens. Um, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't think BYU is a good enough team. They have, uh, they have talent in the places that they need to where I don't think that, that LSU can catch up. And I mean, what I mean catch up by is, is kind of like Oklahoma, right? Once we were, we were in it head-to-head, and then kind of once we turned that corner, there was really no it – was, it, was, it wasn't like – Hey, Oklahoma, uh, or, or fans, hey, don't worry, guys, we're good. It, you didn't get that feel. It was like, oh, well, well, oh to do them, something. To them, it was Utah State 2014. Taste right. Mill goes out, and the backup's in, and it's full panic mode yeah. when Sam Bradford goes out. Yeah, 100%. This time, it's a running back, and his name's yeah. Darius Geis, and to yep. me, he's the best offensive player BYU will face in 2017. How do you think BYU stacks up against Geis? It's, you know, it, it's hard because it's it's – when you when you look at guys like like him and and I, I don't even know if I can compare him to Jamal and it's not even a, a knock on Jamal I mean this is you're talking about a top you know uh, top five running back uh, coming out of the class and and you talk about you know first round early round uh, opportunity and guys like that it's, it's just it's just cheating I feel like I feel like God specifically stopped during the creation moment and handcrafted a guy like that, you know, and, and it's hard. And so you got to do it by committee. That's the bottom line. Um, and again, there's nothing, I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative or bad about this BYU team. It's just that this guy is overly talented uh, than, than an average talented guy, if that makes sense. Right. And, and so when, when, you, when it comes to, to wrapping up, when it comes to, you know, always having a, a, an eye on them, that's what you got to do. And when we, when we play guys like that, uh, and I can't think of a guy uh, except for the quarterbacks, which, you know, wasn't – I mean, we got to look at him every, every play, right? We just always made sure, hey, eight, right here. Eight, number eight's right here. Everybody knows. Look up. Take a moment. And, and, and that gets you aware, gets your mindset prepared um, for any play in the moment. And so it's, it's like things like that. And I think the coaching staff has to have an emphasis of this – look, this guy right here is not another guy. 
Like, like you know how we talk about with Utah? This is not just another game. No, you, you, you can say that with, about this guy. This is not another guy. I would even at practice, I would have somebody in a jersey on the, on the scout team and, and tape his number on. And so, hey, you know, we, we're going to go through this um, in practice every single day and get used to it for the game time situation. I'd have him have a green or a yellow jersey on. You know, that's, but you, preparing like that is how you can try to stop it or slow him down, right? Slow him down. Let's, let's not say stop. Yeah. Former BYU football standout, defensive back Brian Logan with us in Studio B discussing BYU and LSU. And to your credit, Brian, on the BYU side of things, speaking of running backs, you went out on a limb and said nice. you thought Squally Canada would be the guy for yep. BYU yep. on Saturday, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Well, the Canada rushed for a career-high 94 yards on 15 carries, had a touchdown, 6.3 yards per carry. You just knew this was going to happen, didn't you? Yeah. So you got the Y factor, man. So, I mean, I, t- I told you guys it was either between um, Sione or, or Squally. And, and, no one and picked it, a defensive player, by the way. No, and I almost did. Cause you would have won either way. I think you yeah. would have won with Sione. We, we yeah. know the system, man. We know the system, which is you got to pick an offensive guy if you want to win. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the bottom line. And that's why, like, something at the last minute was like, pick him, but don't do it. But don't do it. Just stick with Squally. Even though against, it goes against, you, like, your spirit and, like, your butterflies and your gut, just stick with Squally. And uh, it's because of that. It's because of, of the system. And – you know, I think I think Squally did did good, and and uh, you know, talking to some of the the, the, the former players, um, they they didn't really seem to agree with me, uh, but but talking to to Grandpa B, Brad and Bradley, uh, before I got here, he Grandpa said B. Grandpa B, Grandpa B, the salt, hey, he got the nice salt and pepper going, man, that beard, man. hey, when I when Beans I and beard. when I grow up, I want to look just like Grandpa B, <laughs> um, and 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 he he kind of he 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 kind of you know put them and gave them a reality check and said, look, when you are a backup. Your mentality is completely different. So even though, yeah, Brian, he had he had good reps and, and he had a good experience. He was behind a good back. Your pressure is completely up. If I go in and I mess up, oh well, I'm in the same position I'm in now. But it, now, you know, fast forward this year, I'm the guy. It's my it's my opportunity to lose the job. And so, you know, Brandon and I'm giving him credit and props for this. Um, thinks it's going to take a little bit more time for us to start seeing those 40, 60-yard runs that we know he's capable of, 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 of doing. Well, he ripped off a 34-yarder on Saturday. Kavik Fonua, 63 yards, 9 yards a carry. Not bad. Oh, yeah. He had some, he had some taken back, right? He had Ooh. a big one taken back. I'd be yeah. mad. I'd be like, O-line, you got to buy me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, great to talk to you. Thanks for coming in on yeah. a, a busy Monday. Obviously, a lot is in flux right now with BYU-LSU. We will keep you up to date as we hear any news when it becomes official. Up next, see how our Friday fantasy football picks held up. The competition is just getting started. This is BYU Sports Nation. Cougar football fans, gear up to follow BYU football week by week with BYU TV's newest live show, hosted by Voice of the Cougars' Greg Rubel. It's BYU football with Kalani Satake. It's an all-access pass for the latest info and engaging discussions with a coach and player guest. Get in on Q&A sessions with questions from BYU faithful from across the nation. If you love Cougar football, don't miss BYU football with Kalani Satake tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. The coverage leading up to BYU-LSU just starting up, including this. Yeah, coming up next, uh, two Eastern time. So uh, right after the show, you can sign up for the uh, BYU Football with Kalani Sitake show if you're nearby. Two Eastern time, BYU Radio in the app. It's Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rubel, live from uh, JCW. in Provo. A couple coordinators will be on there, break down the game, look at LSU. It's a great show. 2 p.m. Eastern, Coordinator's Corner. What impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU football game? At R. Greenhaw with this tweet. Depends where it's moved. If it is at LSU, a lot, which it's not going to be from everything we've heard. ESPN wants to keep this a neutral side game. Yeah, the, yeah, this is going to one of the four spots, it sounds like, that we said earlier. If it is anywhere else, little. In general, it has an impact on the player's psyche. Yeah, I, it, it will. And how can it not? Like, you, you want the best for Houston. Huge. This would be like Vegas for BYU being affected in a, in a huge way. But there's a lot of alumni there, and it's about five hours away. Jeremy, you are one of the most competitive people I know, and it's one of the many things that I love about you because it makes things like Fantasy Friday a lot of fun. Well, today you're in a good mood. Here we go. <laughs> it's Fantasy Friday on BYU Sports Nation. I'm going to want to sing the Gatorade theme song every time I hear this. Every time. Sometimes I dream. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's a good... <laughs> It's a good or, poll, man. Or uh, you know, Circle of Life, or I can't. I just can't wait to be king from Lion King. <laughs> we have begun a new adventure with Fantasy Friday. To those of you who missed it on Friday, instead of going for two, Jeremy and I, we have taken Kicking on PAT. the fantasy football madness into our own BYU Sports Nation lives, and we pick one player that we feel will be the fantasy player of the week for BYU. And it's just like normal fantasy football rules. You can pick one individual or the BYU defense. I chose the BYU defense. Jerem went with the quarterback, Tanner Mangum. Slash Tyler Magnum. And it was back Tyler and didn't forth show through up. the game. It was Tanner the whole time. It was back and forth through the game. It took a fourth quarter surge from the defense, including an interception from the Zane train, Zane Anderson. Interception, as Jason Shepard tweeted. Interception. <laughs> To help me win week number one, the BYU defense, three sacks, interception, held Portland State to under nine points. So that totaled for me according to our scoring rules. Yeah, we got a scoring rules, system here. And the scoring system is out on the Twitter machine. Yeah. I had 15 points. What so, about you? So BYU stinking on offense cost me this. <laughs> because if it's a normal game, the sub 200, uh, passing sub 400 total. So I get uh, one point for every 25 yards, seven points. TD pass, four points, okay? So Neil Pau helps me out there. 11 points. So you win 15 to 11. Congratulations. One of them. So Fantasy Friday returns this Friday as we get ready for BYU and LSU. Now, the Fantasy Friday pick for this game is another intriguing one because where it's played, if it's rainy in Nashville. I mean, If it's and, rainy, like do you go with a running back as opposed to like a receiver or any? Yeah, a lot, play, a lot plays or, into this. Hashtag BYUSN to join our Twitter conversation whenever you feel like it. What impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU game? Coming up, Cougar Whip Around. Find out who's doubling it up in the minor leagues. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. 
Thanks to today's guests, LSU beat reporter Ross Dellinger, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and BYU football alumnus Brian Logan. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler between the lines, Gregor Bell, Brian Billick, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU, LSU, NRG, and ESPN are discussing potential location changes for the BYU versus LSU game this week due to flooding in Houston from Hurricane Harvey. BYU beat Portland State 20-6 in the season opener. Tanner Mangum threw for 194 yards and a touchdown. Squally Canada ran for a career-best 94 yards and a touchdown. Sione Takitaki, Trevor Maddich called him a revelation. Seven tackles, three tackles for loss, and two quarterback sacks. BYU 8-0 all-time in August home games. Cougars in the NFL. Notable performances include Jordan Leslie with a game-winning touchdown catch for the Browns. Kainakua had a tackle as well. Daniel Sorensen. Led the Chiefs in tackles with five, had two pass breakups, and Jamal Williams, four yards on three carries, but led the Packers in receiving yards with 46 on three catches. How about Robertson Daniel recorded four tackles for the Baltimore Ravens in their preseason game, while Bronson Kafusi had a tackle for loss and a pass breakup for the Ravens as well. Michael Davis had four tackles for the L.A. Chargers. Harvey Longy led the New England Patriots with four tackles. Kyle Van Noy had two tackles and a tackle for loss. Volleyball. 10th-ranked women's volleyball went 3-0 this weekend, including a win over 21st-ranked The Ohio State in four sets, led by Ronnie Perry of Copper Hills High School fame. 20 kills and an ace. That was a career high for Ronnie Perry. Tied it anyway. BYU signee Gabriel Garcia. Gabriel Garcia, excuse me, had 26 kills and a four-set win for Puerto Rico against the United States in the FIVB Under-19 World Championships over the weekend. Soccer. Tied Fullerton after double overtime Friday night. Uh, Avery Walker. First uh, goal of the season, second career. BYU Cougars in, in the minors. Yeah, BYU women's soccer has never been three matches into the season without a win, ever. Oh, wow. Unprecedented territory. Trying to get back on track this Friday against UCLA on BYU TV. And now for Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman, two for four with two doubles in AAA baseball, making a case for that major league call-up with the Chicago Cubs. One run batted in as well. He's playing for the Iowa Cubs right now. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most at DexterLaw.com. Everyone in Houston, stay safe. Thoughts and prayers with everyone in uh, the Houston area. Our Twitter question today, what impact does a venue change have on the BYU-LSU game? Our tweets now in from at Joseph underscore Felt. No impact. BYU is still going to win no matter where they are playing. Oh, it's going to impact both teams, trust me. (laughs) Remember when BYU played Missouri? There was off-the-field stuff. It impacts. It does. Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Kipkin. I now have a hotel reservation in every city that's been mentioned as a possibility. Well, then. Fan impact is huge. Player impact is minimal. We'll see. Conversation, Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand. BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout-out to Wendell Egbert. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Hashtag prayers for Texas.